It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Jack Fritz in for John Marks alongside Ike Reese. It's Marks and Reese here on this Monday afternoon reacting to the Phils. You know, good little two or three loss to the, the Nationals over the weekend. And uh, big series on deck. Gabe Kapler coming into the town. There are two games up on the Giants in the wild card. I am excited that uh... – Gabe's back. Yeah. It would be nice if we could maybe extend this lead, at least maybe have people calm down a little bit. But I need Gabe tossed from one of these games. Just getting them all worked yeah, out. Yeah, just he needs to get ticked off and, and go out there and get tossed one of these games. I need him booed somehow. Like it just Right. Yeah. There's gonna be forty plus thousand there <laughs> and he's gonna get booed. But uh it's time to mix in some Eagles because as we all know, third preseason game, the most important one coming up on Thursday night, and to react to everything that happened over the weekend. Is Elliot Shore Parks? What's happening, ESPN? What up? How you guys doing? How was uh, how was practice yesterday? What uh, what kind of stood out to you? Oh man! So it was it was a tale of two sides, I would say, for practice. Yesterday was probably Jalen's best practice he's had this summer. Had him down as twenty four of twenty seven, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, had a few really nice throws. But I think the other story from practice is they are still having substitution issues with the sideline. Like that has now become, I think, a theme throughout this offseason. season. Uh, at one point, you know, they moved to practice to the link to just work on the kind of game day stuff. Mm-hmm. But yesterday, there was a, a sequence where they were running. I guess it was a two-minute drill. They, The offense is running up to spike the ball as if they were going to kick a field goal in a game. And the special teams is running onto the field. Rick Lovato is, like, lined up next to Landon Dickerson in the middle of the field. <laughs> is he the emergency uh, center? Well, I don't think Sirianni felt that way because Sirianni, so he has, a uh, like, a bullhorn or, like, a siren that he'll use. Did Angelo make, give that to him? Probably, yeah. I think yeah. it was his retirement gift. Um, so Sirianni has this megaphone he, he uses. He takes it. He spikes it. He's, the siren goes off on it. He's yelling at the, the sideline. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give the Eagles and Sirianni credit for this. They do, I think they realize this is something they need to work on. Yeah. This year at camp, they've had a lot more sideline work. Normally the players are lined up behind the play. This year they've been lined up on the sideline. So I think they're practicing the substitution a lot more. But I also think it's, a, it's again, a reality that – they have a whole new coaching staff, basically. New offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, same special teams coordinator. So he's not off the hook for, for what happened there on, on Sunday. But I just, you know, when you watch him practice, you see two things. A, this team has a ton of talent. B, I do think there is going to be an adjustment period in this first month of the season, especially if you look at week one to week two with that short week with new coaches, new coordinators kind of learning on the job this year. I'm wondering why, though. 
Because things are supposed to be a little more simplified with offenses and defenses. When you think about offensive play calling, the verbiage is a lot shorter nowadays. They, mm-hmm. They're focusing on concise, quick calls, get you in and out of the huddle, give people time to evaluate the defense as opposed to, you know, spending a lot of time trying to call out plays. And defensively, there's never been a ton of verbiage with defense. And I would imagine if you're Sean Desai, as a coach who's just now introducing his defense to these guys, there shouldn't be a whole lot on their plate right now. There there should be enough to get them like the basis of the defense, some little, some maybe some some different small minor tackle, technical mm-hmm. things in 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 the um I guess in the fabric of the defense. But this should be an ongoing process where you're giving yourself enough to be Better than functional, but you don't want to overload the players to where you can't even be functional. A problem can be that you're putting too much on their plate and there's issues there. I, I think there's, there should be a lot more watered-down simpler mm-hmm. simplification of what they're doing. So he did say a week ago in a press conference that he thinks he has about 95% of his defense in. So okay. it seems like he's installed a lot. I would also say that when we think about this Eagles team, we think about them like running it back. Jalen, AJ, Devontae, Goddard. Like there are a lot of familiar faces. But there's also been a lot of turnover on this roster. Look at the defensive side of the ball. Two new starting linebackers, two new starting safeties, potentially or at least one new starting defensive tackle. And also on the special teams, there's a lot of new players there because that's the bottom half of the roster. That's a lot of turnover. So while I also think it is new coaches getting used to doing it, there's just a lot uh, – I think we don't always take uh, into account how much turnover has happened with this team. So in practice, what I think you're seeing is a team trying to gel together that maybe sometimes we view as already gelled, mm-hmm. but actually is, is very much still coming together. Well, I guess the big question off that is, you know, you, you talk about the substitution stuff and whatever and Sirianni freaking out. Like, do they look sloppy or is it just like kind of substitution patterns? So I don't think they look sloppy. Like, I, I don't see major breakdowns in the defensive secondary. On offense, I mean, Jalen is going to throw fewer interceptions in this camp than he has in his last two. But so, less touchdowns. But less touchdowns as well. We can get into that in a second. <laughs> um, but in terms of sloppiness, I, I don't think they look sloppy. But I do think there has been more noticeable moments of substitution issues. Well, and the thing with that Guys is- running on and off the field, like, you know, just those type of things. And the thing with the, the sloppiness or whatever is that maybe it's Sirianni trying to to you know get on top of it now, yeah, and 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 trying to stave off the whole Super Bowl hangover thing by coaching extra hard. Whereas last year maybe he kind of let that stuff. Fly. Well, but if you think too in the Super Bowl late in that game, I think it was either right at the end of the third quarter or the start of the fourth, they almost had to burn a timeout because there were substitution issues. So I think that probably sticks very much you know in their head on something they need to work at. The Super Bowl also did have a lot of pre-snap penalties, right? Say Amalu uh, got one, Zach Paschal, this was during the snap, but it was very early on in the game, put them behind the sticks. So I think that one thing you've seen him really emphasize in camp this year is getting rid of the sloppy play. And I think that that's twofold. A, because it's a problem they had last year that they, they want to work on. But I also think that he realizes this is something that could be an issue for them. Like when we talk about the coordinator switching over, I think often it's discussed very much from an X's and O's standpoint. Like, is this guy going to be a better coach than this person? Can decide be better than Gannon? How will they miss Steichen's play calling? And that's part of it. But the other part of this is just operationally, these are two new coordinators then combined with Sirianni. These three have never coached a game together. And I think there's just those natural adjustments that are going to come from it. And that's why you see teams that have new coordinators, 
very rarely get back and win the Super Bowl because it's just there's a lot of uh, adjustments to be made. It's like a growing process. Yeah, and it's going to be something that, you know, I'm of the mindset and it's definitely a concern of mine. I think it's going to be a slow start to the season. Yeah. Like, I just – I think with all that, and it seems like there's a youth movement happening on defense. Mm-hmm. N'Kobe Dean uh, now – Flash play. A little bit of a flash play. A little bit play. of a flash play, yeah. He got he got his got his uh, fumble in there. He sure did. And it seems like they're going to go with Sidney Brown as the, as the starting safety, who I'm in on. Mm-hmm. But you expect some growing pains with him. Um, yeah, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, uh, Reed Blankenship. Yeah. I mean, there, there are a lot of players on this defense, especially in the middle, that have not played a lot of football. Yep. The good news is they are way more talented than the New England Patriots. We're just going to talk about week one, right? Like They are way more talented. But I think that, yeah, I mean, you've talked about it on air. Like, a lot of teams that come off the Super Bowl get off to slow starts, and I think this is why. Yeah. Um, Miles Jack. <laughs> See ya. Gone. What was your favorite moment of the Miles Jack era? Uh, probably when he said he was about to be a plumber and then he decided to play football. <laughs> Seems like he changed his mind on that one. So what What do you think changed his mind? Well, I think two things. One, I think he was not going to make the roster. I think he felt that? I think he felt that. If you look at how they were using him in practice early on as opposed to how he was using being used now, the first day he was here, he got first-team reps. Mm-hmm. In this last preseason game, I don't believe he even went into the game until the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's not so, a good sign. So his spot on the roster was slipping. And then at that same token, I think Zach uh, Cunningham has won this job. I think it's going to be Nicobe and Cunningham starting this. I think Christian Ellis will play. But if you look at Cunningham, A, he's getting almost all the first-team reps next to Nicobe. But I also think he just fits Nicobe well. Nicobe is an undersized linebacker. Zach Cunningham looks more like a receiver or a tight end. Long arms, big body, very athletic. So I think just they, they pair nicely together out on the field. But Cunningham has also played really well. He forced two interceptions against the Browns, uh, both of which were picked off by Blankenship. And you see in the preseason games, I think he's played well too. So I think Miles Jack retired because, I mean, and you could probably speak to someone that made the decision to retire. Mm-hmm. You hear players say that, like once it's gone, like that's it. Yeah. And so he came. To, he came to. to he Philadelphia. thought he could relight his yeah, fire, and, I, and it didn't relight. My, and he hasn't spoken about it. But my guess is, after a week of training camp, he was probably like, maybe I actually don't want to. Yeah. do this. especially no, that, when it didn't look like he was going to play. That's exactly or make what the team. he said. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what he said to himself. He he's been around long enough to know if I'm in the fourth quarter playing. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm not making this game. Team. I'm not making this team. So he went on and just. Yeah, or he'll be on the practice squad mm-hmm. where the salary is considerably lower as opposed to the active roster. So. Um, I don't think a huge loss for them. Like I was, I was excited by the signing just because he has played well in the NFL. Sure. But Cunningham, of the two, they were hoping one would step up, and I think it's been Cunningham. Yeah, and, and we'll see. We'll see what they bring. What they bring to the table. I, I just don't know how much linebackers matter yeah. in the league today, um, unless you're making splash plays, interceptions, forced fumbles, sacks. Even I mean, obviously, we want you to be a short tackler. But the, the days of Ray Lewis, Jeremiah Trotter, like the feared linebacker, it's, mm-hmm. it's Patrick Willis. I don't know if that exists anymore. Well, they're not even allowed to really Yeah, that, that's what like, I'm saying. Like, yeah. yeah, so it doesn't even exist anymore. I'm just happy we're going to have somebody out there that's solid. I still want to see what N'Kobe does. But but the, the idea that Sydney may be moving in that with that yep. first team, what do you think? Do you think that's a – that hasn't been announced already, has Well, it? so he's starting to get first-team reps. Okay, so he's starting I, yeah. to get more first-team reps. Yeah, I think on week one, he will have a big role in the defense. Whether he's out there snap one, right. I don't know. I mean, that's a position where ideally you want the two safeties playing the full game. But right now, I don't think they're there yet. Right. I think they're going to have three that will rotate in and out. And I think he will have a role. What he can do, 
that other safeties can is play man coverage. And I also think he's an intimidator. He he is a hard hitter that's going to come out of the you know down the you know, run down the field and hit somebody. Um, so they definitely like that about him. Still an experience, and I think with that aggressive attitude, especially early on, you'll see mistakes where we're all sit there and go, "How did he bite on that?" And the you know someone's oh, running behind him. That's like the, that's going to happen. Now but. that's that's an area where you can get a Belichick take advantage of you. Yes, young player in the secondary take take advantage of his aggressiveness. And I do wonder if because of that they won't play him in a lot of single high looks early because they're not going to trust him. Mm-hmm. What they'll do is they'll have him in the field coming down the field into the box where at least you have a, a net behind him. Like, oh, where did this come from? He's talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. He's single making, high safety. He's making sense too. He's wow. making, yeah. he's talking about. Listen, yeah. he's such I mean, a great I, t- I told guy. you guys, Gannon's a good coordinator. No one to listen. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. But, but if you were talking like this last year, I probably would have believed you. Yeah. Well, I didn't need to talk like this last year. They would never give up any points. No, I know. I need. I need you to talk like this. I think <laughs> honestly, for me, I've been Alan Terrell Edmonds since the the quarterback targeted him twice. <laughs> yeah. And got a, got a not flag a good for it. Yeah, I mean, not a good look. I don't no. think no quarterback doing that to Sidney Brown. <laughs> well, I think he, Edmonds is a good safety net. No, like he's someone that that's played a lot. <laughs> but but here's what I'll also say about the linebacker spot. They've had Bradbury taking snaps like in Ooh. a slot linebacker type of role. Mm-hmm. And I think they're doing that because a lot of the teams they play this year have good tight ends. Like yeah. Darren Waller's yeah. a good tight end. They're going to play Travis Kelsey. They're so going to play the new George Malcolm? Kittle. I don't know if he's a new Malcolm. I think he's their new coverage linebacker. And you can't, you don't want Avante on those he's tight too ends. too small. Yes. And Nicobe's too small. Yeah. Zach Cunningham could do it, but. Again, he's, he's still relatively new. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bradbury's perfectly suited for that. Yeah, like big, he he big has corner. the body for it. He's obviously good at man coverage, but he plays on the outside. So you've seen more and more of that start to happen. I mean, it seems like they're kind of preparing for a Chiefs Super Bowl again. I mean, if you're, if you're, if yeah. you're thinking that way, I mean, I mean you have to, you have to at least think on a collision about it. course for this. Uh, Elliot, uh, bigger deal to this team, the backup quarterback or the punter? <laughs> the backup quarterback. How? Well, first of all, no, nah, I know in the Super Bowl, obviously, that punt really mattered. But they did get to the Super Bowl relatively easy with Aaron Sipos as their punter last year. There were not many big spots. This year, I think there will be closer games. The backup quarterback, I mean, you could argue he's more important than some of the starters. Like, he's probably more important than the running back. He's probably more important than the guards if you, you know. No, so, I, I no, mean, if he not. goes in, like, he, he becomes the most important player on the team if he goes into the game. Mm. Not, not, not – his his significance depends on the length of an injury. Yes, I agree with that. Because if you're in a one week situation, two week situation, you can't tell me Gardner Minshew was more important than those other guys. They had to basically carry Gardner Minshew in those games. He just had to manage it. Right. So that's where Marcus Mariota will be at as a manager. He's not a Nick Foles type of a player where you could say throw the ball down the field. And let his arm. Even before 2017, Nick Foles had given you 27 and two yeah. in a season. So that was in Nick Foles already. Marcus Mariota's never done anything. So I mean, just I think he, he anything significant. He had a good second season. Yeah, yeah he, he, did, he did win a playoff game. Yeah, but that was well, even did he win it? Did the team win it? I don't remember the hot. Well, yeah, remember he threw the touchdown that. to himself. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about carrying the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's called <laughs> yeah. doing it all. That's yeah, he's the quarterback all. and the receiver. Elliot, what's your read on the on the running back thing? I mean, they keep trying to put this game wall thing out there. Is that being yeah. coy and trying to be – trying not to tip their hand to Swift being their more bell cow guy? So, in training camp this year – Gainwell has twice as many carries with the first-team offense as any other running back on the roster. He <laughs> Why? Has, 
So I think he's a starting town back. I think it's a couple things. One, they really like him in two minute. They like him in you know like situational red zone those okay. type of things. Well, I'm just, I'm trying to explain to you I why. Know. And that's what the they pra- answer is disappointing. But, but that's what they practice at practice. Like they, they they do a lot of situational football, especially under Sirianni. So I think that's part of it. What I think is interesting is there are th- in practice there are three running backs that work with the first team. It is Gainwell, Boston Scott, and DeAndre Swift. Penny does not really work with the first team. Yeah. Now, I do think he's going to make the roster. But, like, a counter to that would be, well, they're resting him. They don't want him to get hurt. You know, you're taking it easy. He's touching the ball a ton with the second team offense, just not with the first team offense. So, right now with their running backs, I still believe Swift is the best of all of them. And I find it hard to believe that Kenny Gainwell is going to lead the team in touches this year. But if he does, then my guess is all the touches are going to be relatively close. If it's Swift, that's when I think you might see them go to, like, a number one dominant running back. But I do not believe Kenny Gainwell is. He's being used like it, but I just don't think they're going to do it. Yeah. I I mean, I wouldn't do it. Swift would be my number one guy. Yeah, I think Swift guy, is the but, most talented guy on the roster but at the he's running back But he's never position. been a lead back. But neither is Gainwell. I, I know. Somebody, right, yeah. but, but somebody has to be the lead back, right? Could have been Bijan if they weren't. <laughs> yeah. Should they, should they have traded up for Bijan? Yeah. Or, or would this truly be a running back by committee? So – I mean, if it doesn't. I mean, somebody will start, but if right. if both guys are getting ten touches a game, if Gainwell is the top back, then I think it's a committee. I just don't believe they're going to use Gainwell in the same way they use Miles Sanders. Well, right. It, it's I, it seems like with with getting Swift with the Gainwell stuff, maybe we see more of a screen game, like using these. Hopefully, yeah. Well, I mean, it's been that's, a while. Used to be a great part of the offense. Well, and that's the other thing too with Cam Jurgens. If you look at the right side of their line, they are very athletic. And Jurgens is undersized. What he will be good at is getting out in space and moving. And that does lend itself to a screen game on the right side of the field. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And that's Gainwell's strength. Gainwell's yeah. strength is catching the ball. Gainwell's strength is not running between the tackles. No. Boston Scott's strength, catching the ball. DeAndre, catching the ball. So Penny's really, and I guess Sermon, are the only two backs they have of the top five that their best skill is not catching the ball. Yeah. So they'll keep one of them for sure. I'm but. curious. What, what, what's, your, what's your gut telling you about, about Jordan Davis? Like it seems like the Jalen Carter is taking over camp. I mean, all the things you see is the guys like pancaking people and whatever. Yeah. I haven't heard much about Jordan Davis. Is that just because he's? I think he's cooled off a little bit. At the beginning of camp, he was getting all the first team reps. That's not as much the case anymore. I don't think he's flashing as much anymore. But I also think this is happening because Jalen Carter is really starting to shine. Jalen Carter on uh, this last practice. Now Fletcher has not practiced the last two days with knee soreness. But uh, Jalen Carter's been getting those first-team reps. I think he's really starting to stand out. And I think now, week one, he'll obviously be active. But I think there's a world where he is not hes not going to lead the team in defense in snaps at defensive tackle, but I could picture him being second. Like, I think they're definitely going to use him a lot. Um, when players talk about their teammates, often they do it in a way where they're, they're only going to say nice things. But when you listen to the way Lane talks about him and Fletcher talks about him, it does sound different than when they talk about some of their teammates. Like, yeah. they, they have been very impressed by what they've seen from him so far. Totally. All right, Elliot, uh, before you get you out of here, unless you go about your day. It's like, get me out of here. Wow. Well, it's for flying by. It's yeah, a, it's, I it's can't a, believe it's already 318. It's a quick little segment. Uh, Jalen Hurts has 10 less passing, passing touchdowns in practice. Yes. Uh, regression season upcoming or what? So here, here's my, first of all, I'll say this. No one cares about training camp touchdowns more than me. Although so, I will say it is heating up league-wide. It is. A well, lot I of Brock mean, yeah. Purdy through 10 interceptions. It's around the league now. Reception, sacks, everything's being trapped. Trendsetter. Look, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm happy to influence coverage around the world. Right. And I, I will I will give the speech at your Hall of Fame induction. Man, you're getting standing ovation. You're doing the standing ovation thing. I'm doing training camp stats. Yeah. Uh, but here, here's what I would say. 
He so two years ago, J, uh, Jalen had 22 passing touchdowns. The first year he was the starter. Last year he had 25. This year with one practice to go, he has 15. So it is a, it is a considerably lower number. And on the surface, you would think, especially me, I would be like, this is a big deal. A lot fewer, uh, uh, way fewer touchdowns. I, I very much value the the passing touchdown in training camp. Last year I wanted to see 30 from him. He didn't hit it. Right. <laughs> He's at 15. He's right at now. 15 right now. But here's why I don't think it's a big deal yet. One. They are not doing as much red zone as they normally do, I think. And red zone is where the majority of touchdowns are thrown. The other one is he's going to end up taking fewer reps and fewer passes this year. Why? I don't know. But he's going to end up with fewer reps and fewer passes than he has in past years. But the other thing is he is running the ball more in camp. He absolutely is. Oh, great. So last year, if you look at the amount of snaps he was on the field that were passing plays, it was something like 70% like 69, 70%, somewhere around there. This year, it's 61%. So he is the, the plays where he is on the field, they're either running it more or he is running it more. And from watching every rep he's taken, I think he's running the ball more in camp this year than he was last year. And I think that's part of what's happening in the red zone. Is you, I mean, when we did the play-by-play on, um, from the link, remember? Yeah. Like, there were a lot of plays in the red zone where he just ran it in. And, Mar- and Mario did too. And Mar- Mario did too. So in – from training camp st- stats, that's going to impact it. Obviously, in a game, they're worth the same, whether you throw it in or run it in. But any idea of, like, he's going to run it less this year because he has this new, that new contract, I've not seen anything close to that in, in camp. Do you think that's smart? I think it's fine. I think if one of his skills is running it, don't take that away from him. I think, like, where you, where you get into a mistake and where you run into trouble is where you try to force him to be something he's not. I do think he can throw the ball at an elite level and carry the team that way. But what makes him so hard to, to game plan against is that he can take on broken plays and turn him into first downs. Like, they don't call very many designed runs for him. Obviously, RPO, you could argue, is part of that. But they're only really sending him on a run two or three times a game. Where a lot of his runs are is when the play breaks down. And I would rather have him run the ball there than just throw it away and kill it down. He's going to do it instinctually anyway. So, yeah, it's going to be so hard to coach it out of him. Yeah. Look at, like, they tried it with Vic. That never works. Never works. Donovan, yep. Donovan. Yeah, Donovan. It, I think it hurt his game when he when he when he. They didn't coach him. it out of him. No, I'm saying he did. Yeah, well, like yeah. He, I mean, yeah. that was his own conscious <laughs> yep, decision yeah. to, to do that. Yeah, it wasn't and I, the coaches. I just think for a player too, once you're once you start thinking out there more and more, like that's where you're going to see mistakes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, knock on wood, you hope he doesn't get hurt. Injuries happen, but I just don't see a world where they're running him less than last year. And again, in camp, it looks like he's going to run it just as much, if not more. All right, sounds good. Elliot, uh, back tomorrow, Tuesdays with Elliot. This is, I guess, the preview. Oh, yeah. A little mini one, yeah. You, man. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's just so much. Then he's on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Well, Thursdays, again, the 8 o'clock. Game. Well, I'm, I'm on the morning show Thursday and Friday. God. Wow. Yeah. You're, just, uh, you're filling in on the morning show. Filling in on the morning show, wow. yeah. So Built different. Thursday morning show, Thursday pregame. Then the Borgata Friday morning. So you are built different. Trying, man. Yeah. It's my time of year. Breed of one. Train, yeah, 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 it is. Yeah. <laughs> Audience of one, one or the other. I can't yeah, remember no. which one it was. No, yeah. you want the breed of one. Yeah, the breed yeah, of one's yes. the one I want to go Audience with. Audience of yeah. one is canceled. It, yeah. it, it is, it's, it's not around anymore. All right. There he goes. All right, this was fun. Elliot Short Parks. We'll talk again tomorrow at 3 o'clock uh, you know, for a full hour. Uh, coming up next, get back to all your phone calls. Again, we're looking for the biggest Phillies fan to get into the fantasy spot today. And uh, Ryan Howard joined the midday show today and had some two. Interesting things to say about this Phillies team, why he still believes in them, and just the uh, the the roller coaster ride that is a baseball season. We'll play that and get back to your phone calls coming up next here on Marks and Reese. Hey, there's nothing better than a Dietz and Watson hot dog when you're tailgating at the barbecue or at your favorite sporting event. And don't forget to try their new cherry wood smoked ham. 
It's sweet, smoky, and savory all at the same time. Deetson Watson has been making Philly's favorite meats and cheeses for over 80 years. And they have great tasting snacks, too, like Deets and Dats. How about Deets Nuts and the new Deets Chips? Put Deets and Watson at the top of your deli list and see why Philly loves Deets and Watson.